from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, Episode 25 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined today by my co-host, Dean Rule. And as we said on Tuesday, it's Bedlam Week, so... A lot of excitement going around between the two teams. A lot of uh, excitement going on with Oklahoma State this week, especially coming in off of a four-game win streak. Dean, how's you? How are you doing? How is it down there in Stillwater right now? I'm doing great, Juwan. And and uh, as we're recording this, uh, let's see, 48 hours out from kickoff, so we've kind of hit the home stretch of of this game, getting ready to go. And I think you're starting to feel it a little bit. So it's been an interesting past couple of weeks for Oklahoma State. I mean, not only are they on a win streak, they celebrated homecoming last week, and now it's now it's Bedlam week. And as Dean said, we're 48 hours out as as we record this. And Oklahoma coming into Stillwater, coming off of a loss against Kansas, um, a team that many people thought that OU would kind of just breeze by and we will be focused in on this matchup. But instead we kind of have two teams coming in on the opposite end of the, on the spectrum. One is on a hot streak and one is one fan base is wondering where this team is, is kind of at right now. Um, Dean, what are kind of some of your big picture thoughts on this OSU OU matchup this weekend? Yeah, I think um, it really starts with, all of a sudden, Juwan, we're talking about postseason implications. And that's nothing new with the Bedlam game in the past, you know, 15 years. That has been a, a pretty consistent factor that the outcome of this game is, is going to greatly benefit the winner, um, not just for Big 12 championship consideration, but also for what kind of bowl game, uh, you know, OU's been in the mix for, uh, college football playoff berths in the past. And, and I think you, you know, they still have a case this year. Um, you know, I think one loss doesn't, doesn't kill any chances, but a, a second one, you know, if they lose this one, then, then you're, they're probably kind of eliminated from college football playoff contention. Uh, as we talked about on, on Wednesday with when we had everybody together, OSU, the, College football player, forget about it. That's not happening. But you can still work into a, a pretty significant bowl game this year, which is absolutely insane to say. Um, so I think when you talk about what long-term implications are on the line, it's it's the winner of this puts themselves in, in the driver's seat for a conference championship berth, right? If you're OSU, you've got, this game, you know, let's say OSU wins this game, you then close out against UCF, Houston, and BYU, who I believe are a combined, let's see, one and nine, three and thirteen in conference play. Um, and so pretty much if if, if you're OSU and you beat OU, you've got a very smooth path to to coast into conference uh, championship berth. Uh, on the other side, you know, if you're Oklahoma. Let's say Oklahoma wins wins this Bedlam game. They've got West Virginia, BYU, and TCU to close out the season. So I think no matter which way you cut it, those paths are pretty favorable. Those are winnable games. You know, I mean, OU's got to go up to BYU. 
point being that you, you can make some some cases for well they could lose this they could win this point being that they're pretty easy paths from here on out so whoever wins this game really kind of sets themselves up for a possible big 12 championship berth and and i made the point of you've also got kansas state versus texas who are also tied at the top of the big 12 standings right now uh who are playing this weekend as well so i think if if you're just a, a fan of a Big 12, you enjoy the Big 12, I think uh, uh, the best way to look at these these two games, OU versus OSU and uh, Texas versus K-State, think of these almost as semifinal games for the Big 12 championship game because somebody's going to have to win one of these two games and the winner is really going to set themselves up for uh, that, well, when they play in that, December 2nd, that December 2nd Big 12 championship game. And then the other long-term thing uh, with this game, Juwan, is it's the last one for a while. So you get <laughs> right. some extended bragging rights, but I don't know. I mean, we could spend quite a bit of time talking about what the actual future of this is. Um, I mean, if I had to make a guess, not to go on some huge tangent, Juwan, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say on this. You know, I think if you look at the way college football is going, right, the, the way all this realignment's trending, and I think that the growing expectation is it almost becomes like a 32-team. You know, you have like your top tier, your top 30 programs, and, and you that's one, you know, conference in a way. And then you've got your next tier of programs, like programs 31 through 60, and, and, and I think right. it becomes this tiered thing that's national and uh, who's saying that OSU and OU don't end up in the same tier and then they're playing each other every year again. So at the rate we're going, I think this will be back in the next decade at worst as a non-conference game, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're completely right about that. Given how historic this rivalry has been, because I mean, for one, I mean, Mason touched on this early, you know, in yesterday's Wednesday's podcast when we were all together that even though the football teams aren't playing again, there'll still be other sports that's going to play each other and kind of keep this keep this rivalry going. But when you look at OU and OSU, we've been kind of careful to say last Bedlam, last Big 12 Bedlam, because I mean, I think most people most people think that these two teams will eventually play once again. And I'm under that impression too, that this won't be the last time that we see these two football programs um, go together. But that's a great point that you made about the tier tier one programs and kind of keeping this rivalry going. So I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Uh, but getting to a little bit of the specifics of this game, I want to know in your opinion, because given that OU has kind of dominated this series the past couple, well, historically, OSU is coming in four-game win streak. OU is coming off of a loss and coming off of a loss against a team that Oklahoma State has already beat. Now, in fans' eyes, they can play what they want with that. We know. I mean, different matchups. You can't just say just because X beat Y, Z is going to beat Y. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. But do you still feel that OSU kind of has that underdog mentality coming into this game? Yeah, what what is that called? Is that like the the transitive property? Like, yeah. <laughs> Kansas beat OU and OSU beat Kansas, so 
Oh, she was, I think that's called the transitive. I didn't pay attention in math class or whatever <laughs> class that would have been taught in. Um, but no, I know people like to do that. And, you know, you always see on, or you see from time to time on Twitter, it'll be like some, oh, University of Louisiana at Monroe is better than Alabama <laughs> because these all teams and then so-and-so beat Alabama. So, uh, yeah, I, people like right. to go down that path. You're right. It is not, it is by no means uh, uh accurate <laughs> predictor in things. But I think if you're OSU, I mean, if you look at the betting line, they say they're the underdog. You look at the series history, they're the under underdog. But you've got two programs coming in at different trajectories right now. Um and, and I don't mean that like like OU by no means is on a a super they're not in a free fall. You know, they, they lost right. to Kansas and they probably UCF played them much closer than they should have. Like two games that are not great um, for OU's case. And and meanwhile, you've got OSU who's really starting to kind of pour on the offense and, and start blowing some teams out. So I think OSU is, is trending a bit more positive than OU, but by no means do I think that really is going to be the determining factor um, you know, in a rivalry game like this, you can throw records, stats, win law. You can t- throw it all at at somebody. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't think it's going to matter too much because you've had some some underdog OSU teams win this. You know, huge on more than I think the line right now is like OU minus five, five and a half somewhere in there, mm-hmm. uh, depending on where you look. Yeah, but about five being, or six. Yeah. So so, so you know. There's probably been OU minus 20 and a half points and, and OSU's ended up winning those games. You know, I I don't know what the spread would have been back in 2001, but point being, um, I, I think OSU, and I it, it seems just from the pulse I get from just looking at it, I'd say it's pretty even. Um, I, I don't think there's a clear, like, because this is happening at OU, OSU's favored, or because this is happening at OSU, OU's favored, I don't think there, there there's a clear thing you can point to and say, this team's the underdog, this team's not, besides, you know, a, a, a five-point betting line right now. What's the matchup like with Ollie Gordon and this OU front seven? Let's see. Last week, Ollie Gordon went up against, I think, rush defense number 18 in the country. And and he put up, what was it, 277? Yeah, 270, oh, 271. 271 rushing yards. Um, and now he's going to be going up against rush defense number 52. Uh, and and I think OU is allowing 132 rushing yards a game. I believe the past three games they've allowed a rusher to go for over 100 yards. Uh, so all signs point to Ollie Gordon should have another good game. I don't know if he's going to have another 271 yard rushing performance, Juwan. That's hard to predict. <laughs> you're not gonna be, you're not going to pin me down and, and get me to say, <laughs> "Oh yeah, he's going for 300." Um, <laughs> But all signs point to he should, you know, barring injury or, or something crazy happening, yeah, Ali Gordon should put together another great rushing performance because all signs point to it when you look at the numbers. Um, 
for, for this OU front seven. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say all signs are a go on, on him. Flipping over to the other side, how do you think this OSU secondary matches up against Dylan Gabriel? Because at one point, especially after that that win against Texas and that final drive that he made, people were kind of ready to push him into that Heisman candidacy for the season. Um, the offense is kind of not – I mean, they like you said, they haven't fallen off the map, but it, it hasn't been what it was through the first – five to six games uh, of the season. So how do you think OSU's defense matches up against Dylan Gabriel? You know, I I might be going too far out on a limb here, Juwan. I think this is where Saturday's game gets decided. How is OSU's defense able to stop OU's offense? Uh, You've got the number seven. OU ranks seventh in the country for total offense, averaging 490 yards a game and fourth in scoring offense at 42 points a game. Um, so I think you, 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 when you've got an OU or OSU defense that has not been immune to letting up the big plays, it's gotten them pretty much every game. You can point to some, some huge chunk offensive plays they've allowed it. And I know we talk about it almost every week. Like this is what you have to clean up, but it's just the truth against against an explosive offense like this. You have to clean up the big plays. If you're able to do that and really minimize them, and they've been doing a better job, they're trending in the right direction, but they're still getting got, you know. I, I don't think, you know, you can say, oh, well, they didn't allow it against Cincinnati, but uh, that Cincinnati offense is not that great. You know, I don't know right. if that's really where you want to stake your claim in well, they, they didn't let it up. They didn't do it against Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati did not do it against OSU's defense. So I think it's trending in the right direction, but this is going to be like the test. Where are you at with this defense against the, uh, you know a, a high-powered offense here? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's once again – you know the front OSU's front seven has been great. I think that's been the one of the strongest parts of this team, top to bottom, is is that linebacker group and that defensive line. Now, you know, I think that that will benefit them. But then I think it becomes now, what can that secondary do? Can they stop it? Can they shut it down? And if they can, then I think OSU's got a real chance to win this game. Uh, if they don't, it it could turn into a shootout um, just based on what it looks like for how Ali Gordon's going to do and, and what it's going to look like for how OU's offense can move. And that that's actually a great point and not to give away your prediction just yet, but if this game does turn into a track meet, do you feel like OSU's offense from what we've seen from the past couple of weeks has enough to keep up? I think I, I think they do. So here's here's the case I would make, John. OSU say so went forty eight and thirty two against West Virginia. I think I don't I don't know if we want to classify that as a shootout, John, but that's a high scoring game. You know, like right. that is the ability to score at least get points up on most of your drives. I'm looking through. OSU or the OU results. I mean, they put up 73 against Arkansas State and 66 against Tulsa. 
I don't know if I'd put any stock in those. You know, I think OSU's defense will play better than both. You could probably combine the Arkansas State defense and the Tulsa defense and (laughs) spit out an all-star roster, and I think OSU's defense will probably still do better than that. Um, You know, because SMU put up, what, 69 points on Tulsa last week? Point being, you, you know, OU's had some close games. You know, Texas, UCF, Kansas. And so they've all played close games. So I think, if anything, OSU and OU are able to match their opponent, at least. Like, they they can keep games close. If it gets to be, like, a 56 to 52 game, I don't know if that's possible. I think somebody's somebody would start to falter. Somebody would not be able to keep up. I don't know if that's OSU or if that's OU. Um but I think I think OSU could at least contend. I don't know if they'd win a massive shootout like that, but they'd at least be able to be in it late. In order to win this game, I'm gonna give you a two part. What do you think has to happen? Ollie Gordon wins his matchup against OU's front seven or OSU secondary gets the better of Dylan Gabriel. I won't give away my prediction. So, but it'll make sense. My answer in in a moment, it's going to be the secondary that needs to make plays. And they've shown the ability to make plays, but they've also shown the ability to let up the big play. Um, So, so using So if you're OSU secondary, you need to win more. You need to make more plays than you let up big plays. I don't think they're not going to let up. There's going to be a big play. OU's offense is going to hit on a big play. But you need to be able to make enough plays back to, to you know, in a way, even it out. See, I'd say it's the secondary and what they can do. All right, Dane, any final things you want to get to before we get into our predictions? I say if people want a deeper dive on this uh we did a podcast with the Tulsa with our beat writers over at OU yesterday or Wednesday. So I uh, I implore everybody if they want to go a little more deeper and, and hear both sides of the argument to check that out because uh, I, th- I think it was pretty great. But yeah, I think we should. It's prediction time, Juwan. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because I got off of that podcast thinking that was probably one of our better podcasts that we did all year. So if if anybody wants to to hear a deeper dive and kind of wondering like, oh, these guys didn't really stay on long. Make sure you check out that that crossover podcast that we did with our OU beat riders, Mason Young and Eric Bailey. But prediction, prediction time, Dean, 2.30 kickoff Saturday. What do you have for me? So, Juwan, you know me, I don't think too much on the predictions, but I've wrestled with it a little bit throughout the week, right? What am I going to go with? Um... And I'm, I'm a little unorthodox with what I'm going to do. I think Ollie Gordon still has a great game. I think he gets over 100 rushing yards, probably finds the end zone once or twice. But I think what really keeps OSU in this game is going to be Alan Bowman. I think this is the first time that they're really going to rely on Alan Bowman to try to get them a win. They did it a little bit against Iowa State. But I think that was, you know, that was his first game playing the entire game. This is, he's cemented. The offensive line is protecting well. I think this is going to be, Alan Bowman's going to 
have one of his better games um, because I, I think OU will figure out how to at least contain Ollie Gordon. You're not going to be able to stop him. And that's why I think he's still going to have a good stat line. Um, 200 yards, again, that's super hard to try to predict if a guy's going to go for over 200. But I'll say he's he's going to hit triple digits again, probably find the end zone, continue to just add to his resume. Um, but it's, I think it's going to be Alan Bowman that keeps it close, keeps them in it. But I have a really hard time, Juwan, saying OSU is going to win this one. Um, I think it's going to be super close. I'm going to go. I'm going to go as close as you can. 35-33. OSU fails a two-point conversion late. <laughs> oh man, he got it. He got it right down to the science on that one. That's what I'm going to go. Um, and because I don't, I think. Even if OSU loses this one, they probably win the next three. You're talking about an OSU team that nobody thought would do anything this year, going nine and three. And probably, you know, a lot of people predict them in the Alamo Bowl, which I think would be a great bowl game for them this year. Uh, so I think OSU, even though they lose this one, they still have a great season. This doesn't take away from the turnaround they've had at all. And, uh, and that's what that's what I, that's my prediction. What do you got, Juwan? Unfortunately, I don't think OSU fans are gonna are gonna like this this podcast because two people representing OSU sports podcast is picking against them. So, and this is something that I kind of wrestle with as well. Talking talking with my dad because I mean he's an OU fan, and you know he always likes to say that OU plays to the level of their competition, but. I think I think with me looking at this Oklahoma Sooners team is that they have had an explosive offense. I mean, leading up into that Texas game, their offense was I mean, they were rolling. And even in the UCF game, I mean, even though people expected a better a better showing from them, they they still been putting up 30 points a game. So it's not like their offense, as you said earlier, has just fallen off a cliff. Um their ability to make big plays and OSU's inability to stop big plays is going to be an issue Saturday. And it's been a different vibe for OU this week coming off of that Kansas, Kansas loss. Feel like a lot of feel like a lot of them are kind of feeling like they're pinned into a corner. Like some people may have forgotten that they won seven straight and not saying that they wasn't already going to be <laughs> hyped up for for a bedlam rivalry but the fact that they're coming off of a loss they're going to have an extra motivation to give out their best showing especially with the playoff rankings just coming out where they were ranked ninth um behind texas so i think they come out saturday and try to make a statement to to kind of propel them i don't know if they can do enough for the rest of the season to make the college football playoffs but i'm i'm looking at this weekend as a as a kind of a statement win for ou so I'm going to give them – I still don't think it'll get blown out because this is a rivalry game. I'm going to give OU 38, OSU 31. And that is that is my prediction. But a couple of times well, that think, me and – go I ahead. I think Dan. the last time we both picked against OSU – uh, they won, so maybe that. Is I a good was going to say that State. that was the that was the next thing coming out of my mouth is that when me and Dean <laughs> both pick OSU to lose, they win. So Mike Gundy, 
if you listen to the podcast, we appreciate you and we appreciate being bulletin board material. So we'll <laughs> hopefully maybe maybe we'll be bulletin board material for them heading into this week. Um, but so, yeah, that's our that's pr- our predictions. Can we expect a postgame pod from you Saturday, Dean? going to have a post-game pod we're going to have any kind of content you'd want from this game so uh yeah check it out saturday enjoy the game um give us a read and yeah we'll have all kinds of stuff coming out this weekend in both audio format video format and of course uh good old traditional reading and writing juan (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a great weekend as dean said a lot of great content um it's gonna come out saturday sunday monday um and even leading up into this game and again if you haven't had the chance to hear the full breakdown with dean mason eric and all of us on the podcast for our special edition cross cross platform um podcast and please check that out because it was it was a really good really good listening to them and you got to hear some of their experiences with the game outside of them just being our reporter. So it was a, it was a great podcast. So you have any final comments, Dean? I don't think so. Uh, no, I think we covered it all, Juwan. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for joining us on another episode of the OSU sports extra podcast. Dean will be back with you all Saturday for his post game pod. Um, hopefully he has some good news for, for all the OSU fans out there. And I will be back on the pod next Tuesday where we'll break down the final big 12 bedlam. Um, so for Jawan Lee and Dean Rule, oh, and you can remember to download our podcast is free. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast, like, share, comment, and we'll see you guys next time.